0: Hi, my name is Tony Thaxton. Like anyone else, I love a great album. But I also love those strange albums that might make you wonder how and why they even exist. But I'm not here to make fun of them. I'm here to celebrate them and tell their story. This is Bizarre Albums. Today's episode Vicki Lawrence, The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia from 1973.
1: here today. I'm very happy to present to you the type of entertainment that seldom is able to come into the Illinois State Penitentiary. And we hope that you will enjoy it. And it is known as the Young Americans, nationally known. The Young Americans, I present them to you.
0: That's a clip from the 1967 documentary called *Young Americans*, directed by Alexander Grassoff. It followed the travels of the Young Americans Choir, a nonprofit organization and performing group based in Southern California. The documentary is notable for a couple of different reasons. One, it won the Academy Award for Best Documentary in 1969, and I don't understand exactly how this happened, but the award was eventually taken away because the film was released in 1967 and therefore ineligible. It's the only film to ever have had its Oscar rescinded. There's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. Moonlight <laughs> won. Well, taken away after it had truly won. The second notable thing about the film is that it features a teenage Vicki Lawrence.
1: I object. To what? Is it legal in this state for a man to testify against his own mother? His own flesh and blood? The woman who brought him into this world? Who wiped his nose and diapered his behind? The four papers? Is that legal? Yes, it is. Just asking.
0: Yes, the actress and comedian best known for playing the character Thelma Harper, a.k.a. Mama, on the sitcom Mama's Family. But I'm already getting ahead of myself because that was a spinoff from a recurring sketch from the Carol Burnett show. So how did Vicki Lawrence go from a high schooler in a singing group to the Carol Burnett show? Carol Burnett explains in this clip from metvlegends.org.
2: Vicki Lawrence wrote me a fan letter and uh, wanted some advice and stuff. And uh, in the fan letter had mentioned that she was, she was 17 or 18 years old and that she was vying for the title with seven other girls of Miss Fireball of Inglewood and that we're going to have this contest on such-and-such a night. The letter reached me on the day that the contest was being held. And I read that, and I saw a picture of her that she sent me that would have been in the newspaper, and I I had a feeling about it. And Joe came downstairs, and I said, we're going to go see a Miss Fireball of Englewood contest tonight. And he said, we're what? I said, don't argue with me. I'm pregnant, and I want to go see the Miss Fireball contest. And I thought I should call Vicky and tell her we're going to come. So I got their number out of the from the operator, and I called. Mrs. Lawrence picked up the phone, and she said, "Hello." I said, "Hi. Uh, is Vicky home? Is Vicky there?" And she said, "Yes. Uh, who's calling, please?" And I said, "It's Carol Burnett." Vicky! She's screaming, Vicky! Vicky gets on the phone. She goes, hi, Marsha. <laughs> you know? I said, no, this really is. I got your letter today. And uh, we're thinking about coming to see you tonight. Great. So we went and saw her. We were doing, we we're going to do a sketch uh, quite often called Carol and Sis, where she would play my kid's sister. And she looked more like me at 17 than I did. And uh, so we thought we would do that.
0: From Television City in Hollywood... The Carol Burnett Show debuted on CBS September 11th, 1967. The show was quickly a hit in the ratings, and by the eighth episode, people were already becoming fans of young Vicki Lawrence.
2: I would, we've gotten a lot of uh, letters about the little girl who uh, plays my kid sister on the show, Vicki Lawrence, and I'd like to call her out here and, and let y'all meet her because we haven't had a chance really to talk to her. Vicki, come on. She's a little nervous because she's never had to come out just time. She doesn't know what she's going to say or anything. <laughs> do you have any? Your hands are Like nice uh, Do you have any questions you'd like to ask Vicki? Oh, no. There's a little boy there. How no. old are you? I don't know. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Vicki Lawrence was just 18 years old. Carol Burnett and cast member Harvey Korman both took young Lawrence under their wings. She's referred to them both as mentors, calling her experience on the show the Harvard School of Comedy. By the end of the first season, Vicki Lawrence would even be nominated for a Primetime Emmy Award for Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy Variety Series.
1: This morning I decided to take a nature walk. And I got to this strange part of the woods and I suddenly realized that I was lost. And I came upon this house. Whose house? I told you I don't know whose house. All I know is I peeped through the window and there was nobody there and the door was open so I went inside. And? And there were three bowls of porridge sitting on the table. <laughs> In
0: 1969, Vicki Lawrence would release a single called And I'll Go on Elf Records. I'm going to cover that for an episode of Bizarre Singles this week over on Patreon. So make sure you're supporting the show over at Patreon.com slash Bizarre Albums. During its 11-season run, Vicki Lawrence would be the only cast member other than Carol Burnett to appear in all 11 seasons. TV Guide and Time have both put The Carol Burnett Show on their greatest TV shows of all time lists. The show won 25 primetime Emmy Awards throughout its run. Lawrence would win one of those herself in 1976, but again, I'm getting ahead of myself. In 1972, during the Carol Burnett Show's sixth season, Vicki Lawrence married singer-songwriter Bobby Russell. At this point, Russell was perhaps best known as the songwriter of the multi-Grammy award-winning song Little Green Apples, which O.C. Smith took to number two in
1: 1968. Oh, God didn't make the little green apples It don't rain in Indianapolis in the summertime
0: Bobby Russell was also a recording artist himself, and he had the biggest hit of his solo career in 1971 with the song Saturday Morning Confusion, which would peak at number 28 on the Billboard Hot 100 and number 24 on the Billboard Hot Country Songs chart.
2: Now it's Popeye and Pluto, Batman and Bozo, don't spill the cornflakes, they'll break at lunch break, home from the office. Why did I stop to have a beer with the boys? Now my head's about to
0: pop It's Saturday Morning Confusion. If you think you can sleep, it's illusion you probably get a rude intrusion From Harry the Doll While Russell and Lawrence were married, briefly, Russell had written a song called The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia. But he didn't like it. Here's Lawrence talking about this on the Pop Goes the Culture TV YouTube channel.
1: So we were down in Nashville. And one night he was in a studio demoing all of his material and he didn't, he, I no sign of Georgia. And I said, well, what? He said, well, I don't, I don't like it. And I said, I'm sorry, but that song is a huge smash. And he said, well, then if you like it so much, you do the demo. And he left. And I stayed in this little bitty studio with one musician who literally uh, put down a guitar track, rolled the tape back, put down a drum track, rolled the tape back, put down a bass track, rolled the tape back, said, "Okay," put on a vocal. And that was
0: literally. That demo was then taken to producer Snuff Garrett, who had produced Saturday Morning Confusion for Bobby Russell a few years prior. He initially considered giving the song to Liza Minnelli, but Vicki Lawrence urged him not to. She was convinced the song would be a hit, but that Liza Minnelli was not right for the song. Eventually, he decided to send the song over to Cher. But before Cher could even hear it, her then-husband and manager, Sonny Bono, heard it and rejected it. He thought it needed to be reworked and that it possibly might offend some people in the South. So with that, Snuff Garrett became anxious to do something with the song. He had a new deal with Bell Records and decided to just have Lawrence be the one to record the song. So, on April 21st, 1973, Vicki Lawrence released The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia on Bell Records. The album begins with the title track, which was released as a single several months prior to the album's release back in November of 1972. It took months, but the song would eventually hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 and number one in Canada. It also charted at number 36 on the Billboard Hot Country Songs chart and number six on the Adult Contemporary chart. On the final episode of the sixth season of The Carol Burnett Show, Carol Burnett would surprise Vicki Lawrence by presenting her with a gold record for selling half a million copies of the single. Well,
1: he got mad and he saw red and don't you lose your head, cause to tell you the truth, I've been with her myself. That's a night that the lights went out in Georgia. That's a night that they honored in the innocent man. Oh, don't trust your soul and all backwoods, Southern lawyer. the judge in the town's got blood...
0: Up next is another song written by Bobby Russell, Mr. Allison.
1: Won't you come on in, sit down in the den Here's some mail that came for you, love letters from your friend Dumb of her to send them here, but words. Didn't she know I would see them first Still they remain the same No, I didn't read her name There were times I wanted to, it drove me half insane
0: Up next is a cover of a song that was a number one hit for Roberta Flack in 1973, Killing Me Softly with His Song. The song was written by Charles Fox and Norman Gimbel. I've talked about them on the show before because of their diverse songwriting. In addition to this song, they also wrote theme songs for several TV shows, including Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, Wonder Woman, and Monday Night Football. And
1: there he was, this young boy a stranger to my eyes, drumming my pain with his fingers, singing my life with his words, killing me softly with his song, killing me softly with his song, telling my whole life with his words, killing me softly. With his
0: Bell Records. The label that released this album was an American record label founded in 1952 by Arthur Shimkin, the owner of the children's record label Golden Records. Golden was one of the first children's music labels to combine story with melody. It featured music to accompany little golden books. The name Bell Records was acquired from singer-songwriter Benny Bell, who had used the name Bell Records to release his novelty songs, most famously Shaving Cream.
1: I have a sad story to tell you. It may hurt your feelings a bit. Last night, when I walked into my bathroom, I stepped in a big pile of shaving cream.
0: Other Bell Records artists around this time included the Bay City Rollers, Barry Manilow, the Partridge Family, and Tony Orlando and Dawn. Bell Records would shut down in 1974.
1: Stay warm inside my mind. And late at night, I toss and turn. From wanting you, I start to you. Since you're you me. You live in me, I desire. Much stronger than the sun.
0: Up next... Lawrence does her version of Little Green Apples, which I talked about earlier, so I'm just going to move past that and go to the side one closer, He Did With Me. The song was also released as a single, peaking at number 75 on the Billboard Hot 100. It went to number one in Australia.
1: You're closer to your brand new love With every step you take And I can almost tell you Every little move
0: Side two begins with another Bobby Russell song. For a while, we helped each other out.
1: Remember when I saw you standing Slightly crying and empty-handed With no one that you could call your own Looking up to something somewhere Praying for life with no despair Begging that the world Yes, I shouldn't have
0: it could have been me is up next this version wasn't released as a single but the following year it was recorded by Sammy Joe Cole and it went to number 46 on the Billboard Hot 100. There are no credited musicians on this album, but apparently it features members of the Wrecking Crew. But I have not been able to find out exactly who. There are a couple of credited arrangers. One of those is Artie Butler, who has come up on the show before, working on the Regis Philbin and Sybil Shepard albums. The other arranger is Larry Mahobarak, probably saying that name wrong, but he's perhaps best known as the original keyboardist in Elvis Presley's TCB Band. He's also composed several TV theme songs himself. Under the pseudonym Larry Owens, he wrote the theme song for The Joy of Painting with Bob Ross. Up next are a couple of songs written by Bob Stone, Dime-A-Dance and Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves. I mentioned earlier that the Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia was offered to share. Well... Gypsy's Tramps and Thieves was a number one hit for Cher back in 1971. Cher's version was also produced by this album's producer, Snuff Garrett. In the 1960s, Snuff Garrett had been staff producer at Liberty Records. He also worked with artists like Eddie Cochran, Leon Russell, and a couple of past Bizarre Albums artists, Jan and Dean and the Chipmunks. Though neither of those were albums that I covered on the show before.
1: I was born in the wagon of a traveling show. Mama used to dance for the money they'd throw. Papa would do whatever he could preach a little gospel, sell a couple bottles of Dr. Good. Gypsies, traps, and thieves. We'd hear it from the people of the town. they call us Gypsies, traps, and thieves. Stand every
0: the album closes with another Bobby Russell song, How You Gonna Stand It.
1: And you just pulled in your driveway And you get out of your car And the next-door neighbor's collie Stomps across the big backyard And it looks a little different now And you know it's missing love And everyone knows how you feel And no one really does Baby, how you gonna stand it? How you gonna live when there's no one left to live for and there's no
0: The album would peak at number 51 on the Billboard 200. In 2014, it got a CD release on Real Gone Music under the name The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia, The Complete Bell Recordings. And it also included Lawrence's album called Ships in the Night, which was released only in Australia in 1974. Three of the songs from that record are also included in the version of The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia Deluxe Edition that's currently streaming on Spotify. Vicki Lawrence and Bobby Russell would divorce the year after this album was released. Lawrence has said that The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia was the only good thing to come out of their terrible marriage. The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia, the song, has also been covered by several artists. Tanya Tucker reworked the lyrics for her version in 1981 to fit a movie of the same name, And in 1991, Reba McIntyre had a version that went to number 12. But back in 1974, a band called Pete Schofield and the Canadians did a cover of the song. And it begins like this. That beginning and the ending of the song were both later used for a song called The Time Is Now which would be used as ring entrance music and appear on an album for professional wrestler John Cena. But that is for another time. Thank you for listening to Bizarre Albums. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps people find the show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Bizarre Albums.